This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. All right, coming up, we'll talk to John Langston, new artist on Luke Bryan's label who has a song in the top 40 right now. So we'll talk to him, kind of get to know him. Until this podcast, I had never met him before, um, but some of my people that I'm super close to love him. So we'll talk to him. Also, Eddie and I will get together and talk about bands, very famous bands that have members that hate each other and how they either kept going or didn't, but we'll do that too. I'll mention the ACMs because they were just announced. There are two major country organizations, the ACMs, that award happens in April, May always, I think April this year, and the CMAs, that one happens in November. Um, ACMs in Las Vegas, ACMs main offices in California. It was kind of started as a West Coast country establishment, really big deal. But the office is in California. The award show is in Las Vegas. CMA's Nashville. And, you know, the CMA is a bigger organization because of, you know, they have CMA Music Fest. They have the CMA Awards. The CMA is here in Nashville. It's closer. Both are massive. I would say the ACMs are a little more progressive and new, like newer and a little more realistic with what people really like, but the CMAs are a bit more prestigious. And you can sometimes win a CMA a year after you blew up. But I would say the CMAs have a little bit more oomph in the show and the uh, award. Both have their strengths for sure. Uh, But people I say, what's the difference? Just it's the two biggest bodies in country music, the ACMs and CMAs, both are massive awards. Just a bit different. One's a little more progressive, um, and can take a little more chances, which is really cool, a little younger. And then one, the CMA is a little more prestigious, a little a little, a little more oomph in it. I've made two sound effects in, mm. in, in like four sentences. Yeah, good way to describe it, though. Uh, the ACMs are now, though. The award show will be in Las Vegas. I wanted to read some of the awards. The big one is always Entertainer of the Year. You have Luke Bryan, Eric Church, Luke Combs, Thomas Rhett, and Carrie Underwood which is interesting because this is the first time Luke Combs has ever been up for Entertainer of the Year, and he could actually win it. He could win it. My, my prediction was 
that he'd be up for the CMA. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, the ACMs are a little more progressive, so they were the first to put Luke in. Um, so congrats to those guys. At this point, I don't want to guess. Okay. Not because <laughs> I'm scared to guess. I mean, I can. Do you want me to guess? I, I would like you to guess. All right. Mm. Entertainer of the year. Do you want me to do who I would vote for, but who I think will win? Yeah, I think that's a good way. Because who I think will win wouldn't always be. I'd vote for Luke Bryan because of the massive shows, the farm tour, which we'll talk about with John, which he just sets up a stage, and then thousands of people come. Mm -hmm. American Idol. like Entertainer of the Year means more to me than just putting out hits because that's what Luke's done. I would vote, I would vote Luke Bryan, and one of the Lukes will win it. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm copping out there, but I think Luke Combs could win it. Luke Bryan could win it. So, I would vote Luke Bryan, who I think will win, will be one of the Lukes. Uh, male artist of the year, Luke Combs wins this walking away. Because it's Dirks, Luke Combs, Thomas Rhett, Chris Stapleton, Keith Urban. All worthy. Dirks does not get the appreciation that he deserves. Thomas Rhett is oddly so successful. And there are like three artists that don't get the real credit and they're not asking for the credit, but there are three artists that don't really get the notoriety because of the time and environment they came up in. I think one of them is Thomas Rhett. One of them is Dan and Shay because they've kind of been overshadowed by Luke Combs and Kane Brown, even though they're breaking all these barriers. I think their, their pop sensibilities are hurting them a little bit in the hardcore voters of country. Mm. But I think Thomas Rhett, Dan and Shay. And the other one who kind of gets looked at weirdly and who shouldn't is Kelsey Ballerini. Interesting. Because Marin kind of showed up and seemed a little more traditional. And to look, and again, they're their own artists. Everybody's different. And in art, it's hard to quantify. You can look at data. But I think that Kelsey and the feeling of voters kind of got jumped by Marin. So she's not looked at in the way that I would feel she's deserving to be looked at. So, because I think Kelsey has far more number ones than Marin does. Yeah. But Kelsey does, all three of them kind of have a pop lean to them. So it's not cool to vote for the pop lean. Except when you look back in history and Johnny Cash is also in the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame and was all over. But you, you get it. Um, I, I think Luke Combs wins that though. My prediction too about Luke Combs is this year, maybe next year, he has a song that crosses over into pop as well. Just because he's going to be so big that it's just naturally going to roll over into it. More so than they're going to chase it. I saw uh, a couple NBA players on a boat singing Luke Combs on TikTok. I, I see them a lot on TikTok. Like yeah. People you wouldn't think would listen to Luke mm -hmm. Combs. Um, female artists of the year, Kelsey, Miranda, Marin, Casey, and Carrie. Tough one to pick. <sighs> Carrie's up for entertainer of the year. Be weird if she didn't win female of the year. I'm going to go with Carrie. I think I pick Carrie. Mm, I pick Carrie and Carrie wins. Both. Double. Yeah. Uh, duo of the year, Brooks and Dunn, Brothers Osborne, Dan and Shay, Florida Georgia Line, Maddie and Tay. I pick Dan and Shay, Dan and Shay win. Not even close. Walking away. Dan and Shay should win twice. <laughs> they should each get two awards. Uh, they just are, are breaking every record. Um, I'll say this too. FGL's kind of being, they haven't had a ton of success with their last record. Their last record didn't sell that well in comparison. But their, their song with BB Rexa was massive. Huge. They don't get the credit that I feel they deserve because they don't fit that exact mold of what people feel like a country artist should be. They have a song now with a pop girl. 
who I heard on a pop station the other day. I don't know what it is. It feels like the BB Rex song again, but hey man, whatever works. And they did Justin Bieber yummy. I don't know that I love that, but I like that they try stuff. I like that they're out just doing their own thing. Um, so, but Dan and Shay win this award. Group of the year, Lady A, Little Big Town, Midland, Old Dominion, the high women. Old Dominion wins that one, no problem. They should, they will. That's a, it's just, that's just a one person race. Because you have Old Dominion, who's that top tier from last year. Follow up closely in the second tier is Lady A and Little Big Town, around the same. And then kind of that third tier is Midland and the high women in that, that voting. So I think Old Dominion wins that, that pretty easily. New male artist of the year, Jordan Davis, Russell Dickerson, Riley Green, Cody Johnson, and Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen wins. He wins, and I think he should win. New female artist of the year, Ingrid Andrus, Gabby Barrett, Lindsay L., Kaylee Hammock, Tennille Towns. It's interesting. You know, I, I think with the discrepancy ease in hearing people's philosophies about women on the radio and what they do versus what they say they do, a lot of stuff happened in there. There weren't, there wasn't the, the success on radio with these five female artists as there were with the dude artists. A little harder to cap this one. Gabby Barrett's so new. Lindsay did have a number one with Brantley. Has a, a new song. Um, Kaylee hit tw the 20s, I think, before her song fell out. To near. That's a tough one. It's a really hard one. I think that probably, and again, the record label voting, the block voting is going to get this one. Is what's going to affect this one. I think the person with the highest song is Ingrid. Yeah. Except for Lindsay's duet with Brantley, but that wasn't her song. It was Brantley's song that she was on. I think that Ingrid wins this one. She's so new, though. I think Ingrid... I'd probably give it to Lindsay, but I think Ingrid wins it. Also, I'm a bit biased because I know Lindsay super well, obviously, but... That'd be cool if Lindsay won that. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a tough one to pick. Um, I think that's all I'm gonna do as far as the awards, right? Don't want to do song of the year. Uh, Ten thousand hours, Dan and Shane Bieber. I don't think it wins because Bieber's on it. I think that keeps some people from voting for it, even though it broke every record. But to be fair, you have a bunch of Bieber people streaming the song too, mm. not just Dan and Shay fans, which does taint the numbers a bit. It's been the number one song on country Billboard for like ten million yeah. weeks. But that's because it's mostly. Oh, somewhat the Justin Bieber people tracking that. And it got to go to pop because Bieber was on it earlier. Uh, you have Girl Going Nowhere, Ashley McBride, God's Country, Blake Shelton, One Man Band, Old Dominion, some of it, Eric Church. What Church gets the cool vote? Um, I'm going to go Old Dominion, One Man Band wins, and they should win. There you go. The end. Uh, songwriter of the year. I'm going to read these. Ashley Gorley. We have a podcast with him. Check that out. Shane McAnally, we have a podcast with him on this Bobby Cash. Check that out. Josh Osborne, we have one with him. So three of the five we have we have podcasts with. You can hear about great songwriters. Uh, Hardy and Hillary Lindsay, we do not. They're the other two up for it. So uh, congrats to everybody for getting the nomination. It's a cool thing. And you get to go on Instagram and be like, I was nominated, and that's really <laughs> cool. Sometimes it's more about just getting the nomination to be able to talk about it for three months, more so than the actual award, because two days after the award, nobody cares. Then we've moved on to the CMA or the CMT or the BBL, or the ka, 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 ka. <laughs> So, but hey, listen, it's really cool for everybody. The goal is make music and be able to live your life doing something you love. The goal is just that anyway for anyone doing their job, period. Like, find a job you like, be able to do it, 
and love it and be able to pay the bills. So congratulations to everybody. Super cool. Um, all right. I think we're going to get into this show now. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast and share it with your friends who love music. You know, we, um, we do this show at least once a week. We try to mix it up. It is mostly music-based. You can check out Amy's podcast, Four Things with Amy Brown, Faith, uh, Health, Lifestyle. It's super cool. Velvet's Edge with Kelly Henderson. Now, me, I'm not super into the, like, she has a chakra guy on, like the chakras. <laughs> I know some people that are into that stuff, like yoga, parts of the body that react, the spiritual part. That's not my jam, but some people love it. If that's your jam, because she's very into that, check that out. It's called The Velvet's Edge with Kelly Henderson, The Velvet's Edge. And then Caroline Hobby just did a live podcast, and you know she talks to a lot of really strong women and does a lot of the wives and, and even girlfriends of country stars. And she did a live podcast with Kane Brown's wife mm-hmm. and Jason Aldean's wife. Yeah. Brittany Aldean and Caitlin Brown. Check that out, too. I don't know if it's up yet, but it'll be up soon. It's a... Uh, uh, Caroline Hobby. Get real. Get real with Caroline <laughs> Hobby. Thank you. Um, that's the deal. Thank you guys. Enjoy the podcast. Give us good reviews if you don't mind. It moves us on up. We appreciate that. Tell your friends. Goodbye, everybody. Welcome to episode 229 with John Langston, who I'll tell you how you kind of popped up into my world is I, I was, um, by the way, hello. We were just talking beforehand. I always forget I need to reintroduce everybody on this. What's up? Um, <laughs> Uh, I w- this was when iTunes was still a big thing. I mean, that's even a year and a half ago. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, now there's every service has their own strengths. But you had put out a song a year, year and a half or so ago. And I didn't know who you were at the time. And I was like, first of all, I went to number one on country, which I was watching. Because I like to watch and see not just what people are playing on the radio. Because I kind of consider myself one foot in radio, one foot out. Because I can bring things from out of radio and put it on radio. Definitely. And... I saw you number one on the country chart, and I was like, all right, not sure who this guy is. But then it went number one on the freaking pop chart, and I was like, all right, I should know who this guy is. And that's how I was introduced to you. So, But I haven't met you until today, right. so it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. So let's talk about that for a second. What, what, what song was that? When It Comes to Loving You. Okay. Uh, right. 2018, this song comes out. Right. When it comes to loving you. So explain yeah. to me, as someone who at the time wasn't keen on John Langston... How does this song blow up like it did? What do you credit that to? Man, I think it was over the years, you know, just hitting the road hard and just creating a really, you know, a fan base from my college days and stuff. People coming out of these small bars and stuff and spreading the word in that way. And they've been sticking with me since those years. And uh, my team did an incredible job getting the getting the word out that weekend release, I think. We hit our emails and and every single social media. I think we sent out thousands and thousands of DMs, just like, "Hey, the song's here. Go get it. You know, go buy it. Whatever." And uh, man, it was just, it was crazy. It was. I mean, I remember just waking up and seeing it hit that it hit number one on all genre, and I was just like, "Is this real? Like, this is crazy." Did you have it was an crazy. idea? Because I'll just use political polls as an example. Sometimes I'll do these polls and I'll go, "Well, we expect this person to win." And or a movie number before a weekend. Like, we expect this movie to do this well. Yeah. Did you have any idea when that song would come out that it would actually do that? I honestly did not think it would do anything like that. Like it was, I was so dumbfounded, so surprised, so just like this is crazy. Like I was just, I didn't know how to react 
at the time, but I, I knew the song was special. I knew it was something very different from what I was doing. It was very different songwriting wise and the sound was different and you know it was very bluesy and very just a different take in who I am as an artist and it was it was a big reach you know to get out there and put the song out and I knew it was gonna cause some kind of you know people go oh man what is this I like the song or whatever but I didn't know it was gonna create that much of a splash it's such a splash that again people were hitting me up going hey you know much about John Langston because again it just kind of ripped through everything which is, and I think giving your team credit's cool, but you can have the greatest team in the world if you don't have the people. You don't have anything, right? Like it seems like you have a very dedicated base, and, and I kind of want to walk back from that because yeah. your story is you have been grinding it so hard on the road and being the guy who built fans by really one small club and bar at a time. Yeah. You so let's go back to college. You went to school where? Uh, Gardner Webb University. It's a little small, little D one AA school and. North Carolina. Did you go to school and plan to do music the whole time, or were you, were you playing ball? I was playing ball. I went up there on a scholarship to play football, and I got hurt. You know, I had too many concussions, and uh, <laughs> I uh, they said I couldn't play anymore. So You had too many concussions? Yeah, I had six of them. What position did you play? Fullback and linebacker. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a spot yeah. to get the concussions. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. And my last concussion, it was the, the scariest day of my life. Like, I literally went blind for like 20 minutes. It and you was, remember it? Like, I, I remember getting hit and, like, getting game, on the game or practice? It was practice. It yeah. was, like, coming off my fifth one and then did all the protocols. You know, it was, like, two months since I practiced. And uh, it was the middle of the season. I was ready to get back out there and try to finish out this junior year. And uh, first drill back, first one, inside drill, just bam. I was all excited. So I was the first one up to go. And then, bam, I just fell to my knees. I, was, I could feel my eyes were open. I couldn't. Well, you could feel your I eyes could were feel open. My eyes were open, but I, I could just, you know, when like you close your eyes and you could see like shapes and stuff. That's what it felt like. That's what I, I all I could. That's all I could see. Wow. Was, and I was just screaming and just like crying because I thought I just hit myself blind forever. And you remember this vividly? Oh yeah. Like it wasn't because I've been had my concussion before that. I was like knocked out and like I, I like came to and like was calling the quarterback a different name and he's like, my name's Chandler. I was like, oh. <laughs> it was it, this. It's a scary thing, man. Like the those concussions, those head head trauma injuries are nothing to play around with. You have six of them. Yeah. Why after like three, John? Do you go back? Because <laughs> I'm I'm gonna tell yeah, you. You're, you're right. You know I, I mean, I, I'm going to uh, g- give you a real weenie story about me. So I played high school football only, and 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 I took a knee, and I played wide receiver, a little bit of slot, but even the slot was too inside for me. I was like, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to go across the middle. I'm not trying to do anything but stay on the on the edges because I don't want to get hit. I hated getting hit. I had no interest. I would only play defense when it was nickel or dime package only, and I played in the very back. Hey. I was the safety safety. Hey, I hear you. No interest in getting hit. Didn't like it. And so you were no fly zone. I just no yeah. no interest whatsoever. <laughs> I had decent hands and adequate speed, yeah. so I could catch. But I didn't want to play on the inside. Yeah. So I played on the outside, and I. Um, Coach was like, all right, since you can catch, you're going to return punts because our punt returner went down. And at the time, it was just catch the punt and get a few yards, and that's it. Just just, just don't bobble the punt. Just don't lose the punt. So I said, all right. So ball's up in the air, and I'm like, holy crap, here it comes. And, and there's a lot of time. you ever return a punt? Never. There's a lot of time to think. Never. There's a lot of time to think Coach and feel, said, and feel like – hell no to me. <laughs> yeah, if people are just – you can't really look at the people, but you can feel them coming. Oh, yeah. So the ball's up in the air, and I'm like, oh, how about this? Oh, my God. And so I go – Put my hands out, and I remember the ball bounced off my hands just like it's not supposed to mm. under the ground. So I'm like, all right, well, I got to jump on it now. 
and I jump into the pile and I take a knee to the head only, just a knee to the head. And I remember getting up and seeing the yard marker go turn it from one to three. And I went right then, I went, I'm not doing this again. Like I'm gonna keep playing ball, but there's I'm not getting my head. No, I get it. I totally get that it. That wasn't even a concussion. That's probably just getting hit. Yes. After like your second or third one, like like what do your folks say? I mean, I mean, it was it wasn't all in like a year, you know. So the, it was like I had one in like eighth grade, one in like tenth grade, then one in my senior year, and then it was like <clears throat> you know three in college. So it was like a total of six and banner of like ten years. And did you have a scholar? You have a football scholarship? <clears throat> yeah, I can understand a little bit too, because again. And it's scary because it. you want to finish out school and you want to do all that. So And you want to have school paid for. Like, I, I grew up broke. If someone was like, take a few concussions and you'd be a good football player, I'd have probably done it. So I, I retract about 30% of my hate toward keep playing with concussions, but not all of it. But I got it. You have, that's your sixth one. You open your eyes, you can't see. You thought maybe you were blind? I thought I was at that time. That was scary. And so what do they, where do they take you? So I went to the ER. Like, you know, I finally came back like 20 minutes later. <clears throat> excuse me is that a slow comeback or yeah it, it was it, like it really go- no it was like really slow and right. it just gradually you know it felt like it was like came out of like you know the pool or something water was in my eye like that's how it felt and slowly came back and you know i was like but i knew right then i was like i looked at kevin my trainer said i'm done like, that's when you that's called it. it i was like that's it you're like I'm it's done. only been six i think we should be <laughs> yeah. we should be conservative and call it here yeah, before I was gets- like, so we had a meeting with the doctors my coaches and trainer and we all were like yeah this is it. So were you playing music at the time even somewhat? I mean, I, I've always loved, you know, just getting out my guitar, playing the two, three chords that I knew and, like, the one song that I knew. And I had, like, guitar lessons when I was, like, eighth grade, but it wasn't nothing but you like, weren't playing bars. You, you I wasn't really playing bars. I wasn't, like, writing songs yet. So so then what do you do? Because you go, all right, if football's not my thing, because you, you're a guy that, that needs a thing. Yeah. If football's not your thing, how do you decide it's music and not like archery or like really, how do you decide that you're going to... I I always was a fan of songwriting, really, and like Red Akins was a huge, like like I loved his songs and, you know, followed him for years and what he was doing and and so, excuse me, and uh, man, I just, you know, I I needed, like you said, I needed a new passion, like, and, and I played every year of football since I was six years old. I needed something else to go chase, a new a new dream, a new goal to chase after, because that's what my whole life has been, just chasing goals that I've set out. And um, and when I started writing songs, it felt that void of, you know, chasing a new dream, chasing a new goal. <clears throat> and when I was, you know, trying to learn how to play songs and trying to learn how to do covers and posting them on the Internet, and it was just for fun. It was just something to get me through that tough time where I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. So that's how it started then for you is that you're home or in the dorm or wherever you are and you just put them on the internet. Yeah. yeah. And so were you getting positive feedback from this? Yeah, it was It was getting like, hey, man, that's pretty good. I like that song. And it was a song called Forever Girl that I posted. This is uh, John Langston, Forever Girl from 2015. Look how good we are with these notes. Man, this was 13. Was it? Look yeah. how bad we are with these notes. No, it's good. No, <laughs> we re- no 2015, I re-released it as acoustic. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's Forever Girl. So you put this up on YouTube? So I put it up as an acoustic, just me and a guitar in my room. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I hit up my buddy, Josh Manuel, who's uh, had a basement studio in Atlanta. And he was like, doing like demo sessions and stuff. And I was like, hey, man, I got a song I want to come record. He's like, sure. So over Christmas break, went there, recorded the song. 
I literally had to Google how to put a song up on iTunes and stuff. And, you know, that's how it happened. And I just put it up, put it up on YouTube, and it started creating a buzz in the southeast and in Georgia and, like, the, you know, where I would go. You know, and then I started playing gigs. And started- What does that mean, created a buzz? I think it, for everybody, it's a different definition. So what does it mean for you? You post a show on YouTube. Does it just organically get spread I think so. from person it, to person? Like, I just remember it singing, getting shared all over Facebook. So the friends. sharing was, was what was happening on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you upload the video of you in the studio or playing in your room with no sort of microphone. I'm just trying to picture this. So you're just in your room playing it into a, the computer? Yeah. The computer recording you? Mm-hmm. So it's getting shared all over. And then you go, oh, maybe something to this. Maybe I should go out and, and play. Then, and then my buddy who I went to um, high school with, <clears throat> he was a friends with a bartender in Athens, Georgia, a bar called Jinko. He said, hey, you know, they want you to come play like 20 minutes before this other acoustic set. I said, I never played before, so sure. And I played that, and 15 of my buddies showed up. We had a blast, you know, got a free bar tab. It was cool. It was fun. That was your pay for your first show, a free bar tab. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And I just remember my parents were there. Like Like, my uncle was there. You know, it was cool. It was just like people were singing the song, you know, but it wasn't until about a month later after I released the song on iTunes that uh, I get a call from my buddy at Kennesaw State, and he's like, hey, man, we got a frat party. Uh, Chase Rice is playing. We want you to open. It's full band. Here's your time. We can't pay you nothing, but we got plenty of beer for you. And I said, I've never played a full band in my life. Like, So I called up my buddy Josh in the studio, and I said, hey, you wanna, y'all want to put a band together? We got to play a gig like tomorrow. So we stayed up all night, put a band together. Literally just practiced a bunch of cover songs, and when the next day played it, we were terrible, but it was awesome. We had a great time. You played a bunch of covers, and you played Forever Girl. So the last song, we played Forever Girl. Did anybody sing it back? They know it? Oh, so this was when, this was like my moment where I just knew this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, there's 800 college kids there just, like, party and have a good time, you know. But when I started playing Forever Girl, they knew every single word, and they were screaming as loud as I can. I was just, like, blown away. And I was just like, this, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I just, I'll never forget that feeling sitting there hearing them. Did you end up finishing school? I didn't. So, okay, so you're yeah. so moved at music. You're like, I know what I want to do, and it doesn't involve whatever I'm studying. Right. What were you studying? I was doing criminology and uh, sociology. Who needs that? Yeah, yeah not me. Screw that. We're trying <laughs> to do music over here. So <clears throat> you were inside your, what, junior year or so? Is that where you were? So you decide you're going to do music. Now, are your parents still around? Yeah. Okay, so did yeah. you, you have to have the conversation with them? I'm going to get out of school. Yeah, I remember telling my mom, you know, when I got off stage, you know, I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to move to Nashville. I'm going to write songs. She's like, okay, like, hopefully you'll finish school. And that didn't happen. So, but they were so supportive. And when I said, you know, I'm not going to finish school right now, I'm going to go chase this thing. I thought they were going <laughs> to do the typical parent thing. No, you're going to finish. You're going to do this. But so I wasn't going to go home. And I wasn't going to do any more school. So I never even been in Nashville before. Scariest day. And I just like looked up a cheap, you know, place in Bellevue to go rent out a little apartment and started out and packed up the dog and came home. That's almost what I did too when I moved really? here. I don't know that I had ever been here, but I had a job that was way, they were like, hey, move, you know, do this job. I wanted to move here, but I'd never been here. And I moved to Bellevue with a dog nice. in, a, in, a Great ti- place. in a tiny Love. rent apartment. That was I lived there for like two months or so. Same. It was cold. And I went to Moe's every day. 
because there was a Moe's right over where I was living. Yeah. And I, my first memory of Nashville was every day after I would go to work, I would come in and hear, Welcome to Moe's. You ever go to Moe's? Yeah, they yell well, that way. I yeah. love Moe's. And they had that machine at Moe's with all the different drinks on it. So you just put your cup down, you have like 19 drinks. And although I'm well into my 30s now, I still. You mix them. I think I made a suicide once. Oh, you just, got to. Just to kind of I think I do it every time. My eight year old self. Yeah. yeah. So you moved to Nashville. How many years ago did you come to town? This was 2014. This so was May 2014. Are you have you played a bunch of shows before you moved, or did no, you decide it was, to move here and then try? It was a uh, well. I was so I was while I was in college that whole year. You know, I was contemplating finishing or gonna move, and I'm still doing school. But that's why I didn't finish because I missed so much class. Um. So you move here. Yep. You decide you're you had missed so much school. Right. So you just like might as well not go back to school. Definitely. All the kids listening. That's the dream right That's there. That's the dream. That's the dream. And then did you move to Nashville to be a songwriter or to be an artist in your mind? When I felt what uh, on stage during that show, I knew I wanted to perform my songs that I was writing. So I knew I would, like there was no uh, better feeling than that. And and I knew right then that I wanted to be an artist as well, too. I'm going to play some of this, uh, some of this music here. And I buy the beer, she called the shots, pouring that sexy light on the rocks. Just like stars up in the sky, we're burning just as bright. This is Right Girl, Wrong Time from 2017. So is this a personal song, Right Girl, Wrong Time, oh, yeah. about, about you? Did that girl know you wrote the song about her? Yeah, she did a little while later. He didn't tell her immediately? No. He didn't send her the work tape? No. What happened with that? It didn't work out. It didn't work out. Because? Was, I mean, it was just you just being up here and just doing it and uh, just just didn't work out. Here is uh, Probably at a Bar. I'm probably at a bar and drinking Mount Hill and driving this hard like I got nothing left to lose. Uh, when it comes to loving you. When it comes to loving you, all my walls fall down. And the single right now, currently in the top 40, at number 37, like before you came in. Congrats on that. That's a big Thank deal. Thank you, man. Thank you. So first of all, to get, a char- to get a song even worked by a record label, they only have so many spots, it's, it's money, all that. But then to break out of that... 60s and 50s mush that everybody sits in for a while. Yeah. It's a big deal. Thank you. This yeah. is uh, currently number 37. This is Now You Know. From Loganville, Georgia. What's what's Loganville like? And it's blown up now. It's, it's blown up? Oh, it's blown up. I went, I was there, I drove through there the other day and it's just like New restaurants everywhere, new neighborhoods everywhere. It's crazy. How many people live in Loganville? Man, I think 8,000 now. Okay. So it's still a small town. It's still a small town, yeah. but like, I mean, it, it was like 2,500 back in the day. Do they have an Applebee's though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because when know. we got an Applebee's, I'm from a town of 700, but Hot Springs was town. Like when you go to town, you drive to Hot Springs, that's where uh-huh. Walmart was. Right. 
So we're, I think that's for a lot of people that grow up in small towns around the country, Walmart is the, is the edge. That's when you know you're yeah. getting to, to town. And outside, when they built Applebee's on the edge of Walmart, I was like, now we're living. <laughs> when, we made it. When Mama, they, built, we made it. they built that Applebee's, I was pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Uh, Loganville, Georgia, did you go to like the, lo- the school in Loganville? I went to Grayson High School. So, you know, like you're talking about, I grew up like in the Grayson area, which is like, and then Loganville was like the bigger town. You know, it was Luke. I tell you why I reached out to you to bring you up was I was having dinner with Luke. Yeah. And Luke, and I never talked business ever, mm-hmm. but I asked him, I was like, hey, I know John, like you're part of, of John's deal. I said, what do you like about John? It wasn't like, is he any good? Obviously, Luke Bryan thinks you're good if he is invested in you. And he, go, he said, uh, I won't do the impression. Uh, <laughs> but he was like, you know, he said, there's a lot of people in Nashville that are good. He goes, but there are only a few that work really hard that just grind it out. And Luke was a grinder back in the day. And so when he said that, he was like, you know, I just haven't seen a lot of people that hustle like John hustles. And so I was like, you know, that's the kind of guy I want to bring up here. And I that, appreciate and that. That's, that, that means a lot. That was what made this connection, was just sitting, eating dinner with Luke and him going, wow. you know, John works really hard because I'm somebody, I don't have a lot of talent, but nobody's going to outwork me. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. so, and, and <clears throat> even Carrie, your manager, mm-hmm was saying the same thing. She was like, I just am so invested in a guy that puts his heart and just does so many clubs and so many bars and just shows up night after night, wow. which made that song when it popped so big, <clears throat> which made that a thing to work. It is the people. You know, it is the people that you're seeing all the time out there. Oh, you, I, I feel you like, didn't know that? No, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, going back to the football thing, you know, I was, I was not the tallest. You know, I wasn't the, the fastest, strongest guy, but, like, I wanted – what I wanted to go get, setting those goals, and I wanted to go get a scholarship to go play football in college, and I set out on it. And you know, a lot of people doubted me. A lot of people, you know, you know, you know, on paper, you know, I should, you know, shouldn't go right. play a D one school, but like, I just, you know, the things I learned in football, you know, working hard, waking up, go to practice, uh, discipline, go, discipline, and you know, going to the weight room when the others weren't going. It's the same thing in you know music. Like, are you gonna wake up and? And go write that song when you know when someone else isn't, or you're gonna write the song that someone else. You know, it's the same type of mentality, and I feel feel like that's helped me in in this grind. Whenever you move here, you ever reach out to Rhett? You said Rhett was a so. Two months after I moved, I can still show you the DM on Twitter. It said, "Holla at me, Rhett," and I'm sitting there in Tin Roof, had a few beers. I'm like, "Oh my god!" But did he have his wiener in the picture, or is it just? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like at first I think it's like you know one of those fake accounts. Yeah. And I see the blue check, and I see just holla at me and his number, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like looking at my buddies, I'm like, "What do I do?" They're like, "Don't call him right now." And so I called him the next day, and we talked forever, and uh, you know. And went over to his house. We had a beer and just told him my goals and told him, you know, my story. Played him a few songs that I was working on. And he's like, man, I want to help you. You know, I, I want to show you how this works and everything, but I'm not going to help you if you don't, you know, you're not going to put 100% into this if you're going to half-ass this. Like, I'm not going to help you. Like, I want you. And I think that's what instilled in me <clears throat> when I moved to town. Like, okay, this is real. This is what I, I, I – it's either balls to the walls or I'm – this ain't going to happen. Right. So um, I feel like that meeting really helped set the tone when I moved to town because I knew right then I was like, man, I got somebody who's going to take a chance on me and I cannot let them down. And he vouched for you to get a publishing deal. Yeah. Yep. And so then you start to get paid to write songs, which is great. Yeah, you can like pay your rent. Right. Eat. 
Yeah. For working on your craft. Gross. Yeah. Like which is which is a real thing. Yeah. Um, the story that I heard about you was you opened for Luke Bryan on the farm tour twenty seventeen, which was a bit of a, a full circle moment because I guess you had been to one of Luke's farm tour shows and, and, and watched it from the crowd a few years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the crowd and hanging out and with my buddies and in Athens. And I was like, man, I I would love to be on that stage one day. Like, this is such a cool environment. And got the opportunity and was out there. And it was a full circle moment. It was really cool. I loved it. And Luke's kind of been a mentor to you a bit, huh? Definitely. I saw the, the video where he came and surprised you. I guess you were in the recording studio and he was like. Yeah, we were at uh, Music Row at my producer's office writing. And the door opens up. He's got a bottle of champagne. Carrie's like, we got celebrating to do. And he's like, you got a record deal, you know. And, I'm just like, you know, because the week before, you know, you know, we had a meeting and and uh, Luke brought me into Universal, took me to see Duncan and all those guys, and they said, and Luke said, go down and see the show, just go see it, just go see it. So he's like, go take my plane and go see it, like whatever it takes, just go see it. So they came down and saw the show, and I didn't hear nothing for a week, so I'm like, I blew it, I blew it. Like I was like, this was my chance. And I, so I'm devastated for like a week. I texting Carrie every day, like calling her, like, "Hey, did you hear anything? Universal reach out yet?" And no, 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 not yet. And then when that door opened up, and I saw them. I was like, oh. like it was like, man, it was such a rewarding moment, man. Because like I worked so hard, and and me and my guys, my team, and everyone just like have been the years and of just getting in that van and just going and and riding every every single day and just trying to do the best we can and. And to see that Luke Bryan with a ball of champagne in your face saying you got a record deal, it was like the greatest day ever. That's cool. It was awesome. Uh, fun fact, the rumor of your grandma being related to Johnny Cash. <laughs> true or false? It's true. Your grandma was related to Johnny Cash. How so? So it was her second or third cousin or something. I had to look at we. my uncle and my mom, they literally hired a genealogy. genealogy? Sure. Yeah. And... She did, like, this whole family book history of, like, the past, like, 200 years or something. And it was crazy. And there it was, like, playing his ink, you know, right there. Your grandma was Johnny Cash's second cousin. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, like, because it was a rumor in our family forever. And everyone, you know, of course, I'm like, yeah, right. Because I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I'm related to Johnny Cash. You know, like, I'm not going to, until I, like, had proof. And there, there was. That's crazy. Still, that's still a far enough distance, though, that if you wanted to date Johnny Cash, you could. When you say, Mike, <laughs> yeah, like that's that's far you enough. Where, that, yeah. yeah, if you guys hit it off, you can still date. And I don't think that, like, so, you know, probably tough I, now. Yeah, probably tough. But <laughs> probably tough. You, a lot of you Georgia That'd guys. That'd be cool, though. A lot of you Georgia guys are, <laughs> you know, obnoxiously passionate about the Bulldogs. And I'm an SEC guy. I'm an oh, Arkansas guy. Yeah. But, but, but you know who comes to mind is Cole Swindell. You friends with Cole? Yeah. Because you're from Georgia, do you bond on that, or were you guys boys at all? So he actually saw uh, back when I was doing like covers on YouTube, he oh, saw wow. really? he saw my beer in the headlights cover that he wrote that Luke recorded, and so I was in college. This was back in 2013, and he was doing a show at Coyote Joe's in Charlotte, North Carolina that week. He's like, "Hey man, I'd love to meet you." He gave me tickets to a show, got to meet him, hung out. It was awesome. Like we were been friends ever since then. The other annoying Georgia guy, and by the way, I say it in a loving way, is uh, Travis Denning. Oh, my gosh. Who is super funny. Most, I love it, Travis. Me too. He is, like, one of my best friends, and, you know, 
But yeah, he's one of them Georgia Bulldog fans. Like Travis, that, shut up. Like, come on. Yeah, shut up, Travis. <laughs> You're making us look bad, Travis. Travis is awesome because Travis is uh we had a Christmas party and I just called Travis like, dude, I'll give you like three hundred bucks to come over here and play for, <laughs> for thirty. And he shows up with his guitar and set up on the thing down in the living room. And it was me, you know, our show and everybody you played. Dude, for, that's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, we had guest hosts this last week and this week on the radio show. So I had Travis come in and just be a guest, like a guest host, not even an interview, just be a yeah. guest host for a while. Um, yeah, Travis is a good dude. He's awesome. He's he, he's a lot. He's a good dude, though. He's a lot. He's, he's, he's awesome, and I I love to drink beer with him. He's a man. Uh, on Instagram, John Langston, uh, two hundred fourteen thousand followers. Uh, for someone that doesn't have a, a smash yet, that's substantial. Like that just shows the that's grassroots true. movement happening yeah. there. Uh, so you're going to to Detroit. What's what's happening in the next few months? Anything kind of on the horizon you're looking forward to? Yeah, we're getting back in the studio, doing another session. Hopefully cut five or six. Yeah? Yeah. And touring-wise, you just out all the time? Is that the goal? Every, what every got you weekend, here? man. This is, you know, we're not stopping the train, you know. Just keep feeding it. My grandma said, dance yeah. with the girl that brought you. So <laughs> Exactly. You keep we doing what stop. got you here. Yeah, they're keeping us busy, and we ain't stopping. I, you know, we, we're out with Morgan Wallen right now, um, having a blast doing that. Um, uh, had a little break. We started out January 2nd, so it was like Christmas break, bam, back to it real quick. So it's been awesome. You know, doing our own little headline thing until we're back out with Morgan in the middle of March, and then do that in April, beginning of May, and then festival season, baby. Yeah, festival seasons. It's fun. It's, it's one, fun. The here's the thing about because we're I'm doing a bunch of fairs and yeah. a couple of festivals. Yeah. The good thing is, they pay well more than they probably should, <laughs> right? Because they're just yeah. paying you to come out and entertain. Of who knows how many people are going to show up, right? Especially if it's fair. We're having a fair. They need to say we have all these people playing. The bad news about it is a lot of times the stage is crappy and the sound is crappy. Uh-huh. And so you just kind of go. You just got to go do. with you it. You just go. Listen, and I'm not winning any awards for my musicality anyway, <laughs> but festival season is fun because you get to also hang out with a bunch of your friends yeah. who you don't normally get to hang out with when, when it's professional time. Right. So you get to do your music and have your fun while also there's nine buses in the back of Faster Horses and you're back there with everybody just hanging. That's one of my... Favorite festivals ever. Have you played? You played it? Yeah, it's great, huh? It's awesome. Yeah, um, he does those festivals so wonderfully that, and we have a podcast with with BSA. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, that he, he, you like to play those for him? Like he, oh, he does them so well. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he's a great friend. Brian O'Connell is just the man when it he's comes to putting man. a festival together. Well, listen, man, I've enjoyed talking with you. You too, man. I I admire. That you are someone who just puts his head down and go, not to get head down and get concussions, but <laughs> puts his head down and just goes to work. And you know, it eventually for people that don't stop working, you see the rewards. Sometimes it takes like I get irritated. Yeah. I'm busting my tail and I'm like, what's what? Where, where is it? Right. But the one thing that I've learned is that people can't stop you from working hard. They make it stop you from other things. They make it tell you you're not good at this now. They make it tell you the door's not open now, but they can't stop you from banging your head against it and, and right. keep working. So right. I, I, you don't need my encouragement, but I encourage you to keep doing oh, what I you're doing. That. that guy you hear with me, I was like, I love someone that'll just show up and do the work. Yeah, sure. And so, uh, yeah, do the deal, man. C- congratulations on everything. Thank you, man. I hope when I look at the chart in a few weeks at 37s, at 31 and let's 23, go. and <laughs> let's go. There you go. There he is, John Langston. 
This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, to take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me, in this fight, and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. All right, we're now going to talk about famous bandmates who hated each other uh, with my bandmate from the Raging Idiots, Eddie. Hate you. True. I don't, th- I don't know <laughs> that we could have even moderately been annoyed with each other and kept doing it. No. Because there's only two of us. We're really not making that much money. I feel like we just love doing it, so that's why we do it. But yeah, if, if we hated each other, we would just stop. Yeah, I feel like if we weren't really good friends, I would have just went solo. Oh, wow. Nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So you just kept me on because I'm a friend. No, wow. I would have just done stand-up comedy and then thrown the, <laughs> put the guitar on. I don't know. There's something about the music stuff that we do that people just love. And it's weird how we we're re- re- what we're received really well, like when we play I together. Think people love us, and we love them. Just good for yeah. it, no matter what we do with True. each other. You mean we can just go up there and I mean, look at what we used, look at what we used to do. Yeah, we used to play in restaurants for thirty people, bad parodies. Yeah, Mike, they would they would we walk into a rib joint, you know, and they would just move all the tables and like, all right, this is where you play. <laughs> sometimes people would come, sometimes they wouldn't, and then smash cut. We play for two, three thousand people a night now, or festivals, um, and we're not that good. Our band's really good. I should say I'm not that good of a singer. But our songs are really funny now. We've definitely gotten a lot better, and our content's super funny. Yeah. It, it's a really fun. I would be 
proud of people to come to the show now. At one point, I'd be like, no, we're just having fun with people. And now I think we're really entertaining people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, do you have the Target song, Mike? I do. This is on our latest Don't record. Don't go shopping at Target With khaki pants and a red shirt on Don't go shopping at Target With khaki pants and a red polo shirt on So, it's fun. And we gotten good. And we gotten way funnier. Did you ever get annoyed with me or anything? When? Like, just you know, while, be, while we've been doing be this? late. Yeah, that was I tried, early. To leave, I tried to leave you at the, at the hotel. <laughs> you did that well, one let's time. Let's go. He wants to be late. Let's just go. That was New Orleans. I'll that never forget New that Orleans. day. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he wants to be late. Be disrespectful. Just go. I tell the driver. The driver's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it was just in the suit. He's like, dude, hurry oh, up. Get Justin? down here right now. We're going to leave. Uh, famous bandmates who hated each other. Bah, bah, bah. Some of the biggest bands and people in the band could not stand each other. Some of them were able to stay together. Some weren't. And so every band on here from Oasis to CCR, all great music. At some point, all hated each other. Some stayed together, some didn't. And, you know, sometimes I will say, if you're in a band with someone for so long, just a natural human and people, you grow apart. Correct. You grow, you have different interests. You have different reasons for staying in the band or, or not staying in the band or different friend group. It just is the natural evolution of human beings. You have different friends that mm-hmm. you're 20 than you do when you're 45. So, that being said, we'll start with Aerosmith. Who hated who? What two people in Aerosmith hated each other? I mean, it would be Joe Perry and Steve. Yeah, Steve, Steve Tyler. Tyler. Lead singer and guitar player. Here's a clip of Aerosmith, if you want. And Do they still hate each other? I think they, they, they're back to, let's just do music. But the basic issue was that Joe Perry was in it for the music and Steven Tyler was in it for the fame and the women. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. It's like, guys, you're making good music either way, right? I mean, it's just don't don't worry what whatever everyone's in in it for. Like, just do it. Uh, Joe Perry once told him, "Just because we're in a band together doesn't mean we have to be friends." Boom. Ooh, that's tough though to be that close all the time and not be friends. Well, and and I did see even when they played the Grammys, you can kind of tell like uh, like Joe Perry would be annoyed with with Steven Tyler, just their demeanor on stage. And I didn't really forgot about this. I remember reading about it a long time ago, but I forgot that they hated each other. And I, I saw it when I saw the Grammys. Well, now the keyboard is like once in the band. Once <laughs> a, and they won't even let him in it anymore. But again, they're like 100. They are, yeah. yeah. Uh, Oasis. Here's a clip of Oasis. And all the roads we have to walk I played this CD till my CD player smoked. Really? <laughs> of exhaustion. <laughs> What's the story of Morning Glory? Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Oh, man. Who hated who? Oh, I think uh, Noel hated Liam because Liam was a slacker or something. Well, there's only two of them, so they hated each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But they always fought since I remember them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a brother's thing, you know? Like, me and my brother fought all the time. I have four boys at the house right now. Three of them fight nonstop, and the other one's a baby. So if he's old enough, he'll fight too. It's just what brothers do. Yeah, but do you get an abandoned? Isn't there an overarching love over the fighting? And if you're going to... It just seems. I like, think it's easier to fight if you're in a band together as brothers. Because, but then you start making money, and yet you have to get along for your longevity, your mm-hmm. career, your finances. They didn't give a f. They, <laughs> they really didn't. No, they used uh, lots of controlled substances, had lots of bad shows, and one show Liam hit Noel with a tambourine. Noel quit the next day. Yeah, he rejoined re- rejoined the group. Um, they were gonna um, uh, record of MTV, MTV Unplugged. Excuse me. 
Liam claimed to have laryngitis, so Noel had to sing all the solos, <laughs> which wasn't. That's what I'm saying. You're just annoyed with the dude. Like, you're just messing us up. Rather than head home to rest his voice, Liam sat in the balcony where he drank and heckled the band through the whole set. <laughs> I remember this. Liam refused to tour America with the band, once again forcing Noel to sing, something that he believes ruined the band's chances for stardom in America. In 2000, Liam allegedly questioned whether Noel was actually the father of his oldest daughter. Oh, wow. Come on, dude. Noel quit the band. <laughs> it's the whole thing. So it's Noel quitting the band all the time. You notice that? I think you just get tired of Liam's crap every single time. And they're like, all right, fine. Let's get back together. Guns N' Roses? Ooh. Axel hated all the guys. Wow, really? Guns N' Roses' problems began in the early 90s. Now, again, this is later on for Guns N' Roses. Because they were an 80s band for the most yeah, this, part. Yeah, this would be um, Illusion. What's, it, what's that one called? Lose, lose Your Illusion. Lose Your Illusion. Yeah. Lose or Use? I think it's Use. Use, yeah. Did you say Lose? I said Use. I, I, Maybe Lose. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, nobody knew why Axel and Slash hated each other. It seemed like they were just having creative differences. According to Guns N' Roses' old road manager, the feud can be boiled down to Michael Jackson. In an interview with Rolling Stone... Doug Goldstein revealed that after Slash agreed to play guitar on Michael Jackson's Black or White, Axel got pissed. Axel was allegedly molested by his father as a child, and even though Jackson had yet to be investigated for child molestation, rumors were flying, and Axel believed the rumors. Oh. Then when Slash reportedly admitted he was getting paid with a flat-screen TV that devastated Rose, the relationship went bad. In 1993, they shut it down. What is it, college football? He got paid with a TV? I don't know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? The payola scandal yeah. of radio of 2001? That's crazy. I've never heard that story. Axel and Slash buried the hatchet recently with the reunion tour that kicked off in 2016. Yeah. And they're playing now. Again, they're probably just like, we can use the money. Right. The Eagles, they're not on this list, I don't think. Are they on the list? No. They, they don't want to talk. They just come out before the show and walk out together. Crazy, that's, huh? that's just unbelievable to me. Um, guys are just like that, though. Van Halen. Oh, big time. They... Hate their, it, it, they hate all their singers. It was bro, it was brothers versus everyone else because Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen, they were they were the brothers of the band and they just hated everyone else. And it, if it wasn't their way, it'd be like, sorry, you're out. But the thing, the weird thing was, they weren't the stars of the group. No, they weren't. And so you don't get your way if you're not the star of the group of whatever the situation. If there's a star, the star gets his way, or the star leaves. Yeah. The David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar eras, the two lead singers. By the way, there were more. There was the, the guy from Extreme. Extreme. <laughs> Forgot about that time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they both got into a big time. They had massive, massive hits. Yeah. And, you know, it was probably always awkward for the bassist. who was always just like, all right, whatever, guys. Let's just play. Nobody showed up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, but Sammy Hagar and... Um, Anthony, is he the keys player? Yeah, he's, so, the bass, yeah. he's the bassist. Bass player? Yeah. Mm. Who later went on to found Chicken Foot together, which is Sammy Hagar's mm. band. I only know that because Howard Stern showed and they go on to play. <laughs> yeah. Chicken Foot. Uh -huh. So here we go. Eddie Van Halen heavily criticized Anthony after firing later the same year, something Hagar never got over. Anyway, who cares? Do you like their music? Before me. Oh, I love Van Halen. It's because my brother listened to it all the time. Yeah, never, never got into it. Just here on Classic Rock. Never in pop because it's a little ahead of me. I don't have anybody giving it yeah. to me. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel, they hated each other. It's tough, man. You're a duo. Like, you know, bands, I get it, whatever. But they're a duo that create, and gosh, it's going to be tough. Paul Simon wrote songs. Yep. Art Garfunkel was the front guy because Paul Simon was too shy to sing, and they did not like each other after a while. Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water, 
the boxer at the rock and roll induction, but they still got at each other. <laughs> Garfunkel said he'd created a monster, while Simon took credit for having, quote, enriched Garfunkel's life quite a bit. Wow. Man, that's the, uh, two, there's that power struggle. Here's a hate quote. I regret the ending of our friendship, and I hope that one day before we die, we'll be able to make peace with each other. Then he added, no rush. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Garfunkel? That is si Paul Simon. <laughs> no rush. Here's a clip of Simon and Garfunkel. And here's to you, Mrs. Let's move over to Kiss, Gene Simon, and Paul Stanley hate Ace Freely and Peter Chris. Gene Simmons? What did I say? Simon. I don't know, dude. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is the one time I get to correct you. No. Yeah. At this point, yes. <laughs> uh, Stanley and Simmons took part in a very public dispute over which contributors would go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Power struggle. They had already had a bunch of controversy because they allowed people to dress up like Chris and Ace. And they really wow. weren't them because you put the paint on people. Yeah, you would never know. Mm -hmm. Simmons pointedly thanked every other KISS member past and present. Meanwhile, Chris took his own shot. I want to say, in and out of makeup, I'll always be the cat man. Yeah. I was never a KISS guy. Me either. Before me. Mm -hmm. I like rock and roll all night. <laughs> yeah. That's about it right there. And then I like that song from, they have a slow song about it with a girl's name. They sang it in that Paul Rudd movie. Uh, I love you, man. No, yeah, maybe. What's the pull up or, or role models? Pull, maybe role. It was I role, think it's role models where they use all their music. <laughs> where they use all Kiss music? Yeah. Play. Um. Look, look at the playlist of Kiss. So it's a, it's a girl's name. Yeah, it's like Amanda or Rosa. Beth. Beth. That's it. This oh, song. Yeah, yeah, I know this one. Yeah, I like this one. I think he sings this to her in the movie. <laughs> Me and the boys are playing. Um, let's move on. To Credence Clearwater Revival. Everybody Didn't know hates, they hated each other. Everybody hates John Fogarty. Oh. He was the dude. Here is a clip of CCR. I'd imagine it's hard when you're a band... And your lead singer just starts getting more famous than everyone else. It's gonna be hard for the I band. Mean, John Fogarty is one of my first concerts ever. When he plays, he plays. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. That's yeah, so good. Oh, damn, I love CCR. We did uh, in high school. Our band, we played CCR songs at the high school talent show. Is it the Concubine Kings? Well, it it moved around a <laughs> bit. Yeah. Or was this the early Raging Idiots? Well, it was all that was the same people. <laughs> Just different names. Yeah. We tried once to go be the, as we were the concubine kings, <laughs> which a concubine is a prostitute. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible days. Yeah. And so we went to church as the, and played at church as the concubine kings, not really knowing <laughs> probably wasn't the thing to do. No one looked up the definition. Not really. <laughs> they were like, they're talking about concubines in the Bible. We're like, we're the concubine kings. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> and then we did a song, you know. Cause I'm bad at the bone. We did, but there's gold up above. Uh, <laughs> do, 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 yeah. Put your hands up in the sky. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. Brian Wilson and Mike Love hated each other. 
And Mike Love is basically the leader of it now. Brian Wilson's not even in the Beach Boys anymore in any form no. or fashion. And I read recently that he was, I think Brian Wilson was trying to uh, get everyone to boycott. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're, they, they're playing in the at a hunting lodge. Yes, a hunting lodge. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Like a big hunting lodge. Which you always think Brian Wilson, he doesn't care about anything and never hear from Brian Wilson other than just music stuff. But he's just like, no, do not go. He agreed to play this show. One, he's not the Beach Boys. And two, don't go support that. Smashing Pumpkins. Everyone hated, hated Billy. Billy Corgan, yeah. 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 I get it. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the Ramones. Oh, they all hate each other? Joey and Johnny hated each other. You want to know something dumb? I never knew their last names weren't Ramones. I thought they were all brothers. Oh, I don't no. think that's dumb, though. Because they that, look the same. Yeah, I thought so. They all, their name is the Ramones. Right. I was like, cool, man. What did you think when they started swapping out members? Because <laughs> you got more family? I didn't realize they swapped out members. <laughs> Kings of Leon. <laughs> oh, yeah. That documentary is crazy. Have you seen that one? They all hated each other, yeah. That one's nuts because the documentary starts with uh, the lead singer just sitting on a front porch, starting opening up a bottle of liquor. Opening up, and at the end of the, the, towards the end of the documentary, he's just wasted. And that's what a lot of this is about, alcohol issues. Yeah. And so he starts crying, talking about the band, and getting really emotional, and they're like, yeah, well, there you go. Well, bands are humans. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you keep them together and force them together and make them work together in a supposed to be a creative space, and some person's got to take the lead, and other people aren't going to agree with it. There's You're gonna fame have this. and money. Big time. And creativity. Yeah. It's just a lot. Can you imagine, too, like the cheating going on? Especially if there's not a defined leader. Yes. If there's not an absolute defined leader, this is the person, then there's a lot of that. Yeah. Because right or wrong, the leader's the leader until he's not good enough to be the leader anymore, gets replaced, dies, the band goes away. You know, if there's not a defined, this person's making the decisions, you start to see if people are all equals you can start to fight over whose idea is what. And wouldn't you agree that every band fights? Any group people fight. They're yeah. stuck together. Yeah. Not just every band. Yes, the yes. Answer, I agree to that. Yes. But if you just took us three, me, you, Mike, D, and Joe, who's doing the video over there. We'll eventually fight. And you put us together every day and made us travel the world. Eventually, we're going to be together. So, like, Mike, D, and I have gotten into it before, and he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Who won? Well, we just don't talk. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> as soon as this is over, y'all don't talk. Yeah. No, we don't talk anyway. <laughs> just like it happens and then the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right, that is uh, that, that was an interesting segment. Yeah, that's good. Nice. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.